Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for today, an opportunity to come before you and to worship you in spirit and in truth, Father. We ask that you continue to move and work and have your way in the service today, that you continue to teach us, draw us, change us, and transform us, Father, to be more like you, to love the way you love, to to give grace the way you give grace, to give mercy the way you give grace, to to walk in, in a heart and a mind of forgiveness and and to be kind and gentle. And Father, as we move into the next trait or characteristic that your spirit gives us, Father, we ask for your patience, Lord. Work in us, will and act to do your perfect plan and your perfect will in our life. We ask that you just bless every person that needs a special touch today, a word of encouragement, life, and whatever they have need of today. Be their source, be their answer. In Jesus' name, amen. You can be seated. Good morning. morning. Praise God. We have an opportunity to come and worship him yet again. And I am so blessed to see so many faces in the place. Um, I'm always concerned whenever Alabama plays in a national championship game, loses a game, or plays really late at night. Um, (laughs) Just always, you know... Prior experience, that, that, that usually means that people, oh, I wasn't feeling good this morning, Pastor, but I'm glad to see so many of you made that trip and was able to be here today. And uh, today is one of those messages, we'll, we'll see what God does uh, in it, <laughs> but uh, it, 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 we're continuing the fruit of the Spirit, and, and today, I did have two down, but uh, we're only going to deal with the first one, uh, patience. Uh, just as I started to study on it, uh, it was probably going to be a little long if I tried to get both, and I wanted to do patience, some justice, and um, yeah, we can all probably deal with a little bit of patience. But I'm, I'm not gonna, I'm just, I'm not gonna go down the normal path. I think of, oh boy, don't pray for patience, because if you do, look out. Now that may be a part of it, but that won't be all of it. Is that okay? All right, because. Patience can't be all bad if God said it's one of the fruit of the Spirit, right? It's part of the fruit of the Spirit, I should say. Uh, and, and so we're not going to just deal with that. And so one translation uses the word forbearance instead of just patience. And I felt like if I use that word to kind of lead into the teaching, it'll help you a little bit more understand what God meant when he said, the fruit of the Spirit is patience, not just uh, the thing that we get as a result of trial. Forbearance means, or patience, means patient self-control, restraint, and tolerance. Another word that can be used, resignation, endurance, fortitude. Okay, when you think about patience in those terms, it has a little bit more meat to it, right? When it talks about endurance and, and resignation and self-control and, 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 <laughs> and endurance, fortitude and tolerance, all of those things gives us a little deeper meaning of what God expects of us when it comes to the fruit of patience. Because a lot of times we hear patience and we're thinking, oh, God, I got to deal with somebody I don't want to deal with. I don't like them. I don't want to be around them. I got got to put up with. And that is part of it. (laughs) 
another definition, it says the action of refraining, refraining from exercising a legal right, especially enforcing the payment of a debt. Uh-oh. Let me, let me, let me, y'all want me to translate that for you? Forbearance and patience, according to God, is you and I restraining from saying, but they owe me, they deserve it, they don't deserve it, they're not worthy of it. In other words, every claim you make, you have a legal right to make that claim. They violated you, they mistreated you, they hurt you, they did all of those things, but part of patience is you refraining from saying, you know what, they deserve it and I'm going to give it to them. David came up to me afterwards last week and said that when he first got saved, I, he shared it with me several times, so I'm I make the assumption it's okay if I share it. By the way, if you share it and you don't say don't share this, <laughs> it could find its way into a sermon. <laughs> That's the disclaimer up front. <laughs> but he was saying that when he first got saved, he was having a hard time, and the guys were giving him a really hard time. And um, and God, and I'll, I'll probably butcher this a little bit, but <laughs> but he was he was praying and he was talking about God was telling him what he needed to do, and so he he decides he's going to take God up on it and. So he goes to God, and he prays and says, God, give them what they deserve. Anybody, anybody ever prayed for God to get somebody back? <laughs> prayed it this morning. <laughs> so, <laughs> and then he said, God, in his, uh, I call it sense of humor way, says, mm, you want me to give you what you deserve? So, thank God that he's a patient God, amen, and that he, he has the ability to refrain from exercising his legal right to punish us for what our sins deserve, and that's what he wants us to get to, that place where we are not always looking to be paid back for when we've done wrong, and that's part of patience. There's some other things I'm going to get to as we go throughout this morning, but I wanted to kind of set the stage. When everything is going our way, patience is easy, really easy to demonstrate. Have you ever noticed how much more patient you are when there's no deadline, when there's no stress involved? Yeah, it's easy to demonstrate that. But the true test of patience or forbearance comes when our rights are violated, when another one, see if anybody can relate to this, cuts you off in traffic, Man, that's, that's got to be on that list of, like, you know how they do, like, top ten offenses? <laughs> I guarantee you more Christians have flipped people off and cussed people out over getting cut off in traffic than they have. And it's, it's, I mean, it's instinctive, isn't it? You're minding your own business. Oh, no, it's not. When, you're, when you got plenty of time, somebody cuts you off, you just, look at that. Man, you feel, you feel pity. But when you're in a hurry... And they cut you off. Or you're coming up and you see that 18-wheeler with the logs on the back, and you're, you know 
that he's going to pull out in front of you. And he could wait because there's nobody behind you, but he'll pull out in front of you. You're going to slam on brakes because your, your car is not going to win against a log truck. And even though he pulled out right in front of you, you stop, and the whole time you're cussing under your breath, calling them names and saying stuff about his family and his kids that you know nothing about. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. It's when our rights are violated, when we're treated unfairly, when a co-worker makes fun of our faith. <laughs> Some people think that they have a right to get upset when this happens. None of you, I'm talking about those people listening on Facebook and those people that are not in church. Yeah, all of us have this down. The Bible, however, gives us praise that we can operate if we'll operate in a fruit of patience or forbearance. God models forbearance for us in Romans 5, 8. It says, but God shows his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know, I, I, I've read that scripture numerous times and never really thought about that being a scripture about forbearance. But when you look at the definition of not exercising a legal right, then that's exactly what patience is and what God shows here. While you and I were yet sinners, while we were yet violating God and breaking the, the law of sin and death, God still had patience on us. And I just wonder how many times does God look down and put us in places and opportunities to operate like that? While that person is yet sinning against us, while that person is yet violating us, while that person is yet doing something to negatively affect us, when that person disagrees with us, goes against what we believe, actually does something to stop or prevent our cause or our progression, do we still love them? Do we still work with them because of another scripture where it talks about God's patience and he expects us to do is 2 Peter 3, 8, 9. It says, but beloved, be not ignorant of this one thing, that one day is with the Lord as a thousand years and a thousand years as one day. Now, anybody in here got somebody that you've been dealing with the same issue for a long time. And you said, boy, these jokers aren't ever going to get it. I'm through. I'm fed up with them. <laughs> he says that get this one thing right. A day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day with the Lord. And then he goes on to say, the Lord is not slack concerning his promises, as some men count slackness but is long-suffering or patient to us, not willing that anyone should perish, but that all should come to repentance. In other words, you need to grasp and understand how the kingdom of God works. One day is as a thousand years, and a thousand years is as a day. What sometimes you think is taking forever in God's time is one day, and he can change it overnight. And while other times you wanting something to hurry up and happen, 
And it should have happened yesterday. It may take a little while. But you better understand both sides of that principle. <laughs> and if you do, then you'll be able to understand and judge how God is working in the world. See, a lot of people, I've heard people say, man, I've been hearing this thing about God coming back and the world getting closer and, and the second coming. Nothing is going to happen. That's what they're saying. You know, that there was supposedly a, a proclamation that the world was going to end last week. Don't ever buy that because if they guess it right, then God's wrong. We don't know the day or the hour. And I guess if you say it every year, eventually you'll be right, like a broke clock's right twice a day. I, I see it in the media all the time. You know, there's a guy out there that say, Alabama's going to lose. They say it every week. You know, one of these days they're going to be right. I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? But that's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about when you're dealing with legitimate things, God tells us that we need to understand, don't judge his slackness by the way we do it. A lot of times we don't do what we've promised because it's not within our power, ability, or resources to do it until a certain time has passed. But with God, he could do it at any moment. He could come back at any moment he desires. But he's chosen because he looks at you and I, both the saved and unsaved in this world, and going, man, I want so much more for them. There's way too many that don't believe. And I want to give them an opportunity to change, to repent, to transform. And you know what? That's what he put inside of you and I when he gave us the fruit of the Spirit. How often do we look at others and go, I'm going to give them time? God said he could change them. God said he would save them. God said that he would do this. I'm going to be patient. I'm going to be long-suffering. <laughs> now, now, when God went and put that word in there for patience, he just meddled, didn't he? He didn't, he didn't just say be patient. He said long-suffering. I mean, God, you could have just said suffering. Why do you have to put long in front of it, right? I mean, I mean, think about that. God is asking you and I to suffer and be willing to suffer a long time so that other people will have an opportunity to change and to repent and to get their life right and to turn their life around. So the very fact that, <laughs> now this is going to mess you up, the very fact that you have someone in your life that has hurt you continually may be God's way of growing you. Are you operating in the fruit of the Spirit when it comes to dealing with that person and loving that person. See, by the time you get over to this patient thing, you better have those other fruit down. Huh? I mean, you know, he didn't throw that one up front. He didn't, he didn't put that one at the front. He said love and joy <laughs> and peace. Whew. That person, they'll take, it, they'll take all three of them, won't they? They'll take your love, they'll take your joy, they'll take your peace. And then God says, but then you have to still give them grace and mercy <laughs> and forgiveness. See, guys, all of this works together. All of it works together. And way too often as Christians, we want to pull the ones that are convenient, 
and easy. We want to we work in that fruit that, that, that is it's fun. We want to be in that place where, where it's all good and, and, and no one takes advantage of us or no one hurts us or, or, or anything like that. Well, that's not the case. Although most people consider patience to be a passive waiting or gentle tolerance, most of the time in the Greek, the word patience is active and robust. In Hebrews 12, it says, Therefore, since we all so are surrounded with so, such a great cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily besets us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. Now, let us run with patience, or one says endurance. And remember, what does the word say in terms of what patient me- patience means? It means tolerance, <laughs> restraint, endurance, fortitude. Anybody in here ever ran a marathon? Yeah, I listen. The guy, the guy. I, I had a guy on my radio show, and we were talking about. He was using this scripture, and he was talking about. He said, "You know what's the hardest part of running a marathon?" And and I'm sitting there, and he's giving his example, and I'm thinking to myself, the start, <laughs> the middle, and the end. And in my case. They're all at the same spot. <laughs> yeah, my marathon starts, the middle and the end is all at the same spot right here. <laughs> I, that's, that's one thing I can't understand. I, I just, I don't understand why a man would run where he could get in his car and drive. <laughs> I, and, 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 for they talk about the adrenaline. I'm thinking I could probably eat a steak and enjoy it just as much. I, I, I don't get it. But when it comes to the race of life, that's exactly what it's like. I, I, I would hate to have to run a marathon. But do you know I'm in one every day? I'm running. This, 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 listen to what this says. It says, let us run with patience the race that is set before us. There's another translation, I mean, another passage of Scripture that says the race that has been marked out for us. There's another Scripture that says that God says there's great works that I have already determined for you or prepared for you to do. So we're all running this race. And have you ever noticed that on, on, in, in watching a marathon, there's always these people on the side of the road clapping. Some are handing out water. Some are encouraging. You know, they have pace cars and, and, and pace runners, people that will jump in the race just to run alongside people and encourage them. That's what the Bible says we have. We have a great cloud of witnesses, a great cloud of people who have gone before us and ran this race. And as we run it, they're going, hey, man, I've been here before. This is not the first time someone has struggled with what you're struggling with. I've been here before. You're not the first person to be hurt 
in this way. You're not the first person to face this. And they're encouraging us, and they're giving us a shot and a dose of, of, of encouragement. And it tells us to think about those people as we run this race. And then it tells us, then, then if, you, if you, you ever notice, you know, those guys, they, they're kind of skimpy in how they're, I, I could, that's the other reason I wouldn't wear one. That's the other reason. I just could not imagine <laughs> having to put on that pair of shorts. And go out in public. <laughs> and you don't want it either. Okay? But but it said, but but what did it what did it tell? It tells us to get rid of all of the excess weight. And that's what those marathoners do. They have the lightest shoes, smallest shorts, smallest shirt. They don't go out there and you don't see a guy running the marathon in sweatpants and a big hoodie with boots on. That'd be crazy. But that's what we do when we try to live this Christian life with, it says, it, everybody always thinks of sin. It's not just sin. It says, and the sin that's so easy entangled. It says, get rid of or lay aside all the weight. And there's a lot of things that qualifies weight. And he says, get rid of those things. Don't let life in this world bog you down because there's a race that's going to require patience. It's going it, to require fortitude. It's going to require endurance. It's going to require you to stand and be resigned to not retaliate because they're coming. Remember I told you if you got joy, just keep driving long enough, somebody's coming. They're, they're coming that day. Well, that's what the Bible is telling us. We got to throw those things aside, and then we have to run with endurance, with patience. And of course, I'll finish up with that. There's another part that comes after that, so make sure I, I close with that. Does anyone run a race passive or, you know, or, or slow pokes? Christians must run by persevering through difficulties. Man, sometimes I wish God would just make this life easy. Not sometimes, I wish it all the time. Anybody else know what I'm talking about? God, why, don't, why, why did you let me make this mistake? Why did you let me go through this? Why am I having to learn from that? Why are these things happening? What am I supposed to learn from that? I don't want, God, I don't need patience. <laughs> I'd be fine, God, just to go right along. Well, patience, unfortunately, doesn't develop overnight. God's power and goodness are crucial to the development of patience. Colossians 1.11 says, Being strengthened with all power according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. You need to be strengthened with the power of God. With the power of God. And listen, it says, according to his glorious might for all endurance and patience with joy. Look, have y'all have noticed as we've been going through this how many times he tells us to have one fruit, that one of the things listed in the fruit of the Spirit is always tied with like one or two other ones? Yeah, y'all know why that is, right? Because there is no fruits of the Spirit. It's just the fruit of the Spirit. There is one fruit. And it's all of these things that we're talking about. So if you got one, you're supposed to be developing. You hear people say, well, you know, I'm not a very patient person. Are you a loving person? 
Are you a gentle person? Are you a kind person? Are you a merciful person? Are you a forgiving person? If you're a gentle person and all those other things, you will be a patient person. See, I don't even have to. If I have those others, then that's what manifests patience. Would you agree? A person who is loving and forgiving and patient and kind. I mean, not patient, but gentle and meek and all of those things. That person would be patient. Because they would be operating in forgiveness. They'd be operating in love. They'd be operating in mercy. They'd be operating in grace. And God will give you that. And then I love it. He says, with joy. Because the worst kind of patience is the person who claims to be patient, but wears you out with how patient they are. Oh, sorry. Man, I'm tired of being patient with them. I mean, it's making me sick. It didn't sound like much patience with joy. And that's the way he expects us to be patient. James 1, 3 and 4 says, For you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. There's a process. There's a process, and as you go through things and trials in life, God is saying that this process will produce steadfastness, and, and when steadfastness has its full effect, you will be made perfect or mature and complete, lacking nothing. A person who is impatient and not walking in the fruit of the spirit of patience will never fully know exactly what all God has for them. They will never be mature and complete in the things of God. You have to go through this process, unfortunately, sometimes. Some way, someday. Our patience is further developed and strengthened by resting in God's perfect will and timing. Even in the face of evil men who succeed in their ways when they carry out their wicked schemes. There are people out there who will flat out take advantage of you. And they're seeking and looking for the opportunity to do just that. But it it says this, be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. Fret not yourselves over the one who prospers in their evil ways over the man who carries out evil devices. How many of you have been taken advantage of by someone? And your first cry was to get even, (laughs) go after them. They deserve it. They violated me. I'm going to get them back. What would happen if you say, God, I don't understand this, but maybe you want to teach me something through this. Maybe you want to teach me patience. Maybe you want to teach me kindness. Maybe you want to teach me forgiveness. I don't know what it is. Maybe you want to, model, want, want to model for me or show me how to model how great a price you've paid for me. I, just, just, just maybe you want me to feel. Anybody in here, let me, let me ask and see if I can ask this the right one. Anybody in here feel or experience great pain from having been taken advantage of? 
and you did everything right, and you tried to love that person and give that person the best you had to offer, and they took it and they trampled on it. And then you gave it to them again, and they did it again. All right? Now, how does that make you feel? It stinks, right? It hurts, and you want it to stop. Anybody in here ever committed the same sin after praying and, and telling God I'll never do that again? Hmm. Uh-oh. So what if God wants you to just get a glimpse into what he feels every day? What if that thing that happened to you is God's way of showing you just how loving he is and wants you to learn and walk, walk in that same type of love with others? Because, guys, God, it's a personal relationship that we have with Jesus Christ. And he hurts just like we hurt when we're taken advantage of. And so we have to be still and wait and let him take care of it. And in the end, our patience will be rewarded. Why? Because of where we put the ultimate result in. In other words, is, is our result in that person, if that person brings it back to us, all it does is that time. That, that doesn't mean that the next time it won't be worse or it won't happen again. But if our hope is in God and in ultimately his way prevailing and his people prevailing, it allows us to stand and walk through patience. If we understand God's timing and God's will, then it helps us to walk out things even better. Think about Jesus as our model in all things and him demonstrating great patience. It says in uh, he who for the joy set before him endured the cross scorning his shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. How in the world did Jesus go through what he went through except for he knew that the end result, God was going to win? I mean, when, when it was his darkest moment, his only hope as he went through that trial or went through that stuff, or when he had to have patience, forbearance, it says he could have called down all the angels he needed to end it right then, but he restrained from pulling from a legal right. He showed forbearance and patience. And he was modeling for us what we have to do sometimes. Sometimes we want to pray down fire on their head. And sometimes you have to listen to God's voice, and he says, no. I got this. And sometimes that's hard to do. But that's only possible when you know that you know that God's got you. Amen. That his plan, that what he's done, what does it tell us in um, Romans 8? All things work together. But hold that, hold that thought. Let me go back to Hebrews 12. Remember I said you about, we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses? It says that he endured that, that cross, and then it tells us to run our race. The cross was Jesus' race, and he had to go through everything he went through for it to happen. Every one of us has a cross. Every one of us has some cross that God has given us to run. 
And he tells us to run that with endurance. But he tells us how we're able to do that. He tells us to fix our eyes where? On Jesus, the author and finisher or the perfecter of our faith. He will write the story, and if he writes it, his words will come to pass. What has he written about you and your life and your destiny? You have to run the race with fortitude, with restraint, with tolerance, with love, with grace, with mercy, with forgiveness. And all of those things require patience. But you cannot be patient through the trials of this life and consistently do it unless you know that who you put your trust is faithful to do what he's promised to do. If you know that God will do it, then you can walk through it. How do we display the patience that is characteristic of God? First, we thank God, and we ask him to give us the ability to react different than our natural selves want to. What do you think the natural response is when we go through a trial, get it taken advantage of, or someone has hurt us? What, what is the first response? It's two words. We always ask God, why me? Agree? I had a pastor friend of mine go, well, do you, do you think it should have been me? <laughs> right? I mean, if somebody's going to go through it, why me? Well, here's a passage of Scripture. In Philippians, God tells us how to respond, and this is not natural. So without God's Spirit, you cannot rejoice and respond accordingly. Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I will say rejoice. Rejoice when? Mm. Let your reasonableness be known to everyone. The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. In other words, when you're facing that situation and you know it's bad, you know you messed up, you know they've messed up, you know they've done something to you, you know it's not the way you intended, and it's not what you want to be, not where you want to be, what do you do? He says rejoice. And again, I'll tell you rejoice. But let people know where you stand <laughs> because God is near. And then go to him in prayer. Don't be anxious about it. Just go to him in prayer and say, God, this is the situation. This is the circumstance. Thank you. Give me wisdom, God, as to how to deal with it. And then thank him for listening to you and answering you. And then it says, and let, and not let, but and the peace of God, which surpasses your ability to understand. You don't understand. You don't know the answer to why me. You don't know the answer. But he can give you a peace that passes your ability to understand. And he will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. And then it says, finally. Now, you know, when do you use the word finally? After you've had to go through some stuff. You know, I mean, you don't start off a conversation the first time you meet someone and say, hey, David, finally. What? No, it's after you've been through some things together or you've been through a circumstance. You don't start off a situation or circumstance by saying finally. 
It's usually after you've been through some stuff and you've had to pray through some stuff and you've been stressed out. And then God says, after you've gone, went through all of that, because after you pray about it, what's going to happen? That, oh, when you tell somebody, that loving friend, yeah, man, they're going to bring up their story. All right? They're, 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 they're going to bring up what, what, what happened to them. And if they didn't do this, then they're gonna, their story's going to end up what? Negative. Or <laughs> you're going to turn on the TV and you're going to see that somebody else went through the same thing. Or you get what I'm saying? But God says, don't let those things get to the front of your mind. He says, after you've prayed, after you've given it to me, then do this. Brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think and dwell on these things. Not on what has gone wrong, not on who's done you wrong, not on the circumstance or the situation, but think about, my word says, I will cause all things to work together for the good of those who love me and are called according to my purpose. So I'm going to think on that and go, God, I don't know how this is going to end, but somehow this is going to work out for my good. Thank you. Because that's true. Now, the facts may say you're an idiot. You messed up. You did this wrong. You deserve it. Whatever. But the truth is, do you love God? And do you know his purpose? Because that's the next thing that you have to have if you're going to be patient in the things of God. If you know what your purpose is and you know what God is doing in your life, then the circumstances and the trials of life will be there to help you get to that place. Part of we, the reason I relate to people the way I do is because I ain't lived the perfect life. I've had God's forgiveness work in my life. One of the reasons I can relate to certain circumstances and certain situations is I've been down before, but I've also seen the goodness of the Lord. And I've seen him walk through the valley of the shadows of death with me and my family. And I've seen him walk through trials with me. So I can testify because I'm walking in my purpose. But if those things just happen and I have no purpose, I have no direction, I have nothing I'm trying to accomplish in God, those things will seem like outliers, which make zero sense to me. Some of the very trials and tribulations that you have gone through are there because you are the answer for so many others. And I'm going to embarrass Karen. Karen has ministered to countless thousands, and she doesn't even know it. Because every person that she's loved on and share it with, and how often she goes out to a restaurant, just they, they were going to go to a restaurant one day, and it was, they were late, and then it was packed, and then they were driving somewhere else, and then they were just going to go home, and then they ended up at this other place. And after all of that, they ended up sitting down randomly in their mind right next to a lady that had just been diagnosed with breast cancer. Now, they could have been impatient. They could have been frustrated. They could have been a lot of things. I was all of them. <laughs> I was. I admit it. I'm yeah. All but all of a sudden, she was voice of hope Amen. and life 
for someone else. And I promise you, some trials are small, like maybe God didn't want you to part right up front. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Anybody been in that person gets that parking space and you want to, yeah. Maybe he wanted you to go some different path or different way. I've had to learn sometimes when I, when I get cut off or stopped, I go, okay, God, I don't know what you just protected me from. But I'm going to be patient right here. Because maybe there was something else up there that would have happened had I ran through this or rushed through this. I'm just going to trust you. And that's the way it is with life. Some big trial, some small, God is working in you so that you can be a source for others. The third thing is remember his promises. All things, guys. Do I need to teach it again? Which things? All things. All things. God will work for the good of those who love him and who are called according to his purpose. So now what? The next time you're in a traffic jam, betrayed by a friend, mocked for your testimony, mistreated, abused, or whatever, how will you respond? How will you respond? Our natural response to these things is stress, anger, or frustration. Anybody relate to those? Stress, anger, and frustration. That's typically what happens. And when you start sensing those feelings, I'm going to challenge you and say, God, I need your patience. I need your ability to be tolerant in this situation. I need your ability to restrain from seeking justice in my own accord. I need fortitude to walk through this. I need endurance to walk through this. God, I don't know what's going on, but I need you right now to guide me through this situation. I need your patience that you promised. And here's the thing. You can do it. You know why you can do it? The old flesh will not do it. The old flesh can't do it. But if you are a believer in Jesus Christ, you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Lord. And the old ways have passed away. And your old nature have passed away. That's right. And so right now, if you've worked your butt off for something and it hadn't happened, you've given something to someone and they abused you. And they, they took your trust and bought it up and threw it away. You're dealing with pain from a loved one or, or, or someone that you trusted. You're, 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 you've been in some type of battle, whether it's mental, physical, uh, whether it's financial, whatever it is. And you're like, I should be past this now. God, I'm tired of being here. And the only way to get through it is to run the race with endurance, with fortitude, with strength with patience, with tolerance, with long-suffering. But you don't have to run it alone. As that new creation in Christ Jesus, he sends his spirit to live in you and to empower you. 
you have the strength of God to respond with patience instead of frustration and anger and stress. Romans 2, 7 tells us to those who by persistence in doing good seek glory, honor, and immortality, he will give eternal life. If you seek God through this circumstance and through this situation, you will not, you will not lose. You will win. And your circumstance and your situations, regardless of what they are, how they got there, Resist the stress today, the frustration, and the anger, and seek his patience, and then walk in it, in Jesus' name, if you would stand on your feet. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for every person under the sound of my voice. You know every circumstance and every situation today. Father, some have been in the works and in the making for many, many years, and some have to do with family and loved ones. Some have to do with finances. Some have to do with, um, with sickness. Some have to do with uh, relationships. It doesn't matter. Whatever legal right we have to claim, we're going to surrender it to you and then ask for your wisdom to lead us through it and your patience to help us walk through it. Help us to run the race that you've laid before us with endurance. Today, if you have an issue that you've had to deal with patience and you've become frustrated, angered, angry, or stressed out over, today I want you to just lift up your hand Lift up your hand wherever you're at, and I'm going to pray with you. Lift up the other hand. Dear Jesus, you see every person represented here today. You know their circumstance and their situation. And Father, I don't know why, and they may or may not know why, but instead of asking why, we're going to trust you and not be anxious. And we're going to give it to you and thank you for your resolution. And with patient endurance, we're going to dwell on the things of God. We're going to dwell on your promises. We're going to dwell on the good things of God. And we're going to thank you right now, Father, that whatever that circumstance or that situation is, it comes to resolution even today, Lord. And then help us to walk it out with patience. Help us to remember the great cloud of witnesses that have gone before us and shown us how. And that encourage us along the way. And if you're here today and you have been through something, and you can be a voice of encouragement, be that voice and that witness to those around you. Father, I thank you for every person. And I thank you for resolution to their situation. We thank you and we love you in Jesus' name, amen.